Good evening. Glad to see everybody here this evening. Trust you've come to worship the Lord and just just let him have his way in our hearts and lives today. Uh, before we begin tonight, I want to remind you of our announcements. Uh, first of all, uh, for those maybe that are watching, those of you that are here know um, they are ballots are being handed out uh, for uh, a business meeting that will just be to elect two deacons and a new secretary of the board. Um, one will be a three-year deacon. Brother Dan's coming off, so this will replace him. The other is to finish out the two years that Brother Bobby Newman had. And then our secretary of the board was Miss LaDonna um, Childs, but uh, I'm sure with all that's gone on in her life this last year, she's ready to kind of take a break for a while. So, uh, so be in prayer for these. We really we uh, can understand how important this is. These need to be turned in a, by a week from this coming Sunday. Okay, they need to be turned in by the. 14th uh, and I believe then the the business meeting and it'll just be just to do these three elect these three people uh, but it will be the 21st so keep that in mind keep this in your prayers as well as we believe God to continue guiding us and directing us um, this will be for the members of the church so if you're a member and didn't get one uh, see one of our deacons and I'm sure they know how to how to take care of that and my understanding is that brother Rogers will be in charge of that meeting uh, that business meeting uh, when that happens so remember that all right remember that we have uh, May the 6th this coming Saturday at 830 in the fellowship hall uh, men's Bible study uh, May the 16th on Tuesday night that's right Tuesday or Thursday? <laughs> I forget. My wife goes and I still forget. It's on Tuesday night, May the 16th at 6 o'clock here in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, heart to heart, ladies. And it's connecting women to Jesus and to each other. Um, uh, Tracy Stevens will be ministering in that. And then um, uh, men's breakfast is in there somewhere. Should be. But anyway, it's uh, it's the third. It will be the 20th, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound right? Yeah. Men's breakfast, the 20th uh, in the fellowship hall. So at 8.30. So remember these things, if you will. Um, Faith sent out a little deal the other day. I'll just show you know about uh, prime timers would take place on Moral Day weekend. And uh, she had sent out a deal uh, for those that have, have the, are in the Facebook group about that she didn't get very much of a response on it so we're going to hold off till april for our next prime timers meeting do do what till june not till april the april's y'all forgive me <laughs> sometimes my brain just does not quite keep up anyway in june so guys uh, all of you the prime timers and those that would like to be in prime timers we will not meet again until in june so, and we'll, you be, yeah, we'll be, hopefully, we'll be asking to see what kind of you'd like to do in June. It gets a little warm sometimes, so 
We're not real sure. So, all right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and stand, if you will, with us. And then after we're through stand, after we're through praying, we'll just go on into worship. Let's just invite the presence of God here tonight. Father God, we come to you. Lord, in this day and this hour, to thank you, Lord, for your presence in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you, Father God, that we know tonight that you are here in our midst. Lord, you're here to guide us and direct us to speak to our hearts and to speak the Lord to those that will will see this or are seeing this or will see this in the future. Lord, may your power and the presence of your spirit touch every heart and every life. Lord, whenever uh, this is, is seen, whenever it's viewed, Father God, Holy Spirit, anoint it so that it touches the hearts and the lives that those that come across it and, and see this thing, this, this presentation, uh, our stream of our service tonight. And I pray, Father God, that you will just guide and direct us in all that we do. Help us, Lord, as we enter in this time of worship, just simply lay everything else aside. Focus our hearts and our minds on you. Help us, Lord, to focus on the words that we're singing. And Lord God, may it be a, a prayer and a praise from our heart that gives you pleasure, that Lord, it, that honors you and glorifies you, Father God. And Lord, in all these things, we'll give you the praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Your name is love, a love that always finds 
Let's just join our hearts together right now and offer praise to Him. Father God, we come before You. Lord, with all humbleness of heart, with all sincerity in our minds and in our spirits, Lord God, we offer this praise unto You. You are the Lord God Almighty. You are holy. You are righteous. You are just, you are merciful, you are life, you are love. Father God, you are everything that we need for life and godliness because it's in you. It is in your presence. We thank you, Father God, that you are here amongst us right now. Lord, that you are flowing in our midst. You are touching our hearts and touching our lives. Lord, you are ministering to the needs not only of us, Lord, but to those that may be viewing this uh, tonight, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit of God will just go forth into every home, into every heart, Lord, that is, is, is watching this even right now or in time to come. The Holy Spirit, you let them know that the Lord God is worthy to be praised. For the word declares that he has created all things, and by him and for him they were created for his pleasure they were created. And Father God, we as your people, Lord God, those that serve you now and those that are going to serve you by making Jesus Savior and Lord of their life are created for your honor and your glory and your pleasure and your praise. We pray, Father God, Lord, that every heart and life will be touched, Lord, that every need will be met, and that, Father God, not only every individual need will be met, but the need of our church, Lord God, will be met as you move, as you guide, and as you direct us. Father, Lord, those of us that are praying, Lord God, for our church, that we're fasting and we're interceding, Lord God, we're expecting you, Lord, to move in mighty ways in our hearts and in our lives. And, uh, Father God, for all the you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you are going to do, we give you honor, and we give you glory, and we give you praise in the precious and the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to do things a little bit differently again. I do something different. I'm going to give you the word, and then we're going to take prayer request and and give us that we're going to take a little bit of time i believe in my heart we're going to take a little bit of time when we're done with with the message with the word 
We're going to spend some time praying, okay? I'm going to grab this real quick. And I know I say it a lot, but I appreciate Sister Julie and Brother Dennis. Uh, we're leading us before the throne. Amen. There we are blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Who did you say it was, Jerry? Brenda? That's who I thought it was, but I wanted to make sure. Okay. Let's do that real quickly. Father, we just bring before you Sister Brenda Norton tonight. Father God, I just believe right now that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we are able to ask or think, or think according to the power that worketh within us, for that is your word. Father God, we just bind our, we just join our hearts together. Father God, in behalf of Sister Brenda tonight, and Father God, I pray, Lord, that right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, that you touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, I pray life, I speak life, I speak healing in the name of Jesus to her body, spirit, soul, and body. Father God, minister and move. Lord, in this, this spot that has appeared on our feet, Father God, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to heal it and remove it by your power and by the great healing virtue that is in Jesus Christ by whose stripes we are healed. Father God, we just agree together, Lord God, that you are touching and that you are ministering to her tonight, Father God, and that you, Lord God, will work in such a way, Lord, that it will, uh, the doctors will look and say, well, maybe there's a scar, but there's nothing there now. It doesn't matter how you heal it, God, it doesn't matter to us, but Lord, just we're asking you and believing you together to touch and heal Brenda right now in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want us to look to, I don't know how familiar this scripture is to all of us, but I know we've heard of it, in the 11th chapter of the book of Genesis. I learned something I didn't know. I've read the Bible a lot, but uh, I have I found out, and just, just, I just, I like stuff, I like learning new stuff. That's just how I do stuff. Uh, and whether it's Bible or other stuff, I just, I like learning. I, I think it's my, I think I passed that on to my oldest daughter. She, uh, uh, she's a teacher of school. She got her, uh, I think, is it bachelor's the first one you get, and then you get the master's. Well, anyway, she got her bachelor's, but because of a, a, a relationship that the school she was teaching at has with uh, East Central University in, in Ada, she was able to online get her master's. And so she went after that uh, a year or two ago and got that. You know, she just, And she made a statement, I like learning new stuff. And so, um, in fact, the other day, oh, it's been three or four months ago, I, I got, uh, we went to a ball game to watch the granddaughters play. And, and she's on her phone with, I think they call, and, and, and oddly enough, hadn't thought about it until just now, but there is a, an app, I think it's called Babbel. 
I'm not sure, but don't hold me to that. She'll probably correct me and <laughs> text me. No, Dad, that's not what it is. But anyway, it's, it's a language app. You learn a language. Now, I've heard there's several of them, but uh, I think that's the name of it. So, but if it's not. But anyway, she's sitting there studying German. I said, why are you studying German? I said, are you planning to go to Germany sometime? She said, well, and she has that look, and it's like I know she's up to something then. And it's nothing bad. She says, well, Jeremiah and I, her husband and them want to go to Germany for their 20th anniversary. And she says, I want to know how. And she's sitting there studying it. So she's learning another language. So, but learning is good. But before we get into this one, in the, uh, uh, let's see, in the 10th chapter, and I won't ask you to go there and read it, but in the 10th chapter, I found out something about Nimrod that I had never seen before. It's been there all along, but I didn't see it. You know, that name has come to mean something not nice. Uh, it has come, I think, in recent years, the past 10, 20, 30 years, whatever, has come to mean somebody that was really, really stupid. Uh, and before that, when I heard that name, it was somebody that was just particularly evil. Nimrod was none of those. He wasn't stupid and he wasn't uh, evil. Uh, the Bible calls him in, in chapter 10 and verse 9 that his man, this man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. So, uh, and he did, a, he did a lot of things, but it doesn't say anything about him except that he was, uh, he was a, great, uh, a, a great warrior at one time. But anyhow, uh, so sometimes it wasn't as bad as you thought. Chapter 11. Verse 1 has to do with, if you go back and read that 10th chapter, you'll find where a lot of this stuff started in here. The Bible tells us at one time, verse 1, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. Interesting. You want to know where all these different nations come from and all these different languages? If you don't know, you're fixing to find out. As people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let us make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches to the sky this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Very interesting. Verse 5. But the Lord. <laughs> Aren't you glad for that little phrase, but the Lord. But for God, where would we be? But for the Lord, what would be going on in our lives? But in this case, there's a different, little different scenario. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. 
That is why the city is called, we call it Babel, maybe it's Babel, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, because that is where the Lord confused people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. Father God, thank you for your word. Lord God, just take what you have just placed in my heart. Help me, Lord, to say the things that you want said tonight and only those things. Father, I pray, Lord, that it will challenge us and stir us and motivate us. I pray, Father God, that you will help us, Lord, to better understand uh, what you wish to do, not only in this world, but what you wish to do with us as a people. And, Lord, help us get a hold of what your message is and, and, and hang on to it and, and abide by it and live by it. And, Father God, we can and we will see you working in our hearts and in our lives. And, Father, I thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We look at, at this. There is one of my, I've got several Bibles at home. Uh, some of them are in great shape and some of them are in not so great shape. <laughs> Probably the ones that are not so great shape is the one I use maybe can get grab more often than not. But one of the things when we talk about this Tower of, of Babel or Tower of Babel, if you will, in this city, these people, they ever, all at one time spoke. Now, one of the commentators writes and says they think this particular uh, scripture happened maybe sometime previous to all of this other stuff that was written. It was just for some reason it came to their mind, so they put it in there. But whenever it happened does not make any difference. And more than likely, I would think when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them a language and then they taught it to their kids and their kids taught it to their kids and they're, you know, from so on and so on. And that's how those things go. It's how we teach children today. We, we, as parents, we teach them what we know. We pass down to them what we know, what we understand. We pass to them what has happened in our lives, the things that we do. The greatest thing that we can pass on to our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren is a belief in God and making Jesus Christ Savior and Lord of their lives. There's nothing wrong with getting it. As I said a while ago, my daughter, you know, she furthered her education. There's a lot. There is nothing wrong with learning. There is nothing wrong with having great knowledge. I told my faith the other day, I said, you know, I said, I really enjoy looking at rocks and stuff. And I like no. I said, I, I kind of might think I want to go maybe to college and, and learn at least study geology a little bit. So get a better understanding of this stuff. Every time I go over the mountain. And you all know what I'm talking about. Every time I go over the mountains, it just fascinates me that those rocks are run in rows. If you ever notice, if you've got time to look, or if you're somebody's driving and you've got time to look, the, when you go across the top of those Arbuckle Mountains, they lay in rows that are perpendicular to the highway. Why did they do that? What is it? I have heard it said that at one time, the I think the... Our buckles were like 14,000 feet high. Well, if the top of the Arbuckles is 1,400, we're probably lucky. I'm not sure exactly what the elevation is, but I do know it takes a long time for semis to go up that mountain one way or the other. They, yeah, I mean, it's just long enough, it slows them down. And they say, I've heard it said, that they actually, the other, the south side of the Arbuckle Mountains is somewhere down around Marietta. Okay, whatever floats your boat. I don't know that for sure. But it's not hard to learn. It's not bad to learn. It's not hard. It's not, it's not, God's not upset at us if we're learning things like that. You know, 
God wants us intelligence. But if it gets to the point that that understanding and that knowledge interferes with our understanding of who God is, we've missed it. Okay? And then because Paul talks about real quickly, I'm reminded of the verse Paul says, he said, in the last days they will be ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. I mean, we got, we got, edgy, we got knowledge running out our ears. Grab your little iPhone, grab your little Android phone, your smartphone. You can find all kinds of stuff. Some stuff you don't want to know and some stuff you might. Uh, my wife and I have a kind of a favorite term. It's like, well, I wonder what it is. Well, Google it. <laughs> you know, but they have managed, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. They've managed to, to compile all of the knowledge and stuff that they have. You can Google stuff, you know. Uh, the only thing I, I tried to Google the, the tower that they were talking about in Babel, nobody knows, said the word, how big it got. <laughs> okay. But one of the commentators also says at this time, when these people, they gathered in this one place. And they began to congregate in one place. They had one language. Didn't matter where you were in the world, it was all the same language. And so they gathered together. They began to build a city and they, they settled in this land. And what did they say? We're going to make a building. We're going to make a city. Now, they didn't start with the building, but it ended up with this one particular building. But they built, was building themselves a city. And their whole point was, if you'll notice, it says that they we're going to build a great city for ourselves, verse 4, with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Sounds like a wonderful plan to me. But there are those that say that, if you, and I thought about this, what did God tell Adam and Eve to do? Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. He didn't tell them to stay in one spot. There was a, a religion at that time that worked with this very idea, we all need to be in one spot. We don't need to be scattered. We don't need to be here and there and somewhere else. Why would God be upset about that? Because he intended for us to populate the world, but he also intended for us to reach our world. The one you and I live in, the one you and I, that are our circle of influence, if you will. But not only that, he expects us, he expects us to reach out to others in other lands through our missionary efforts. He expects us to reach out to others with, with the life and love of people that we meet that we don't even know. And so if you try to put everybody in one central location, oh, I, the logistics of, of, of a city, and stuff, it's all right there. The United States Navy has floating cities. They're called aircraft carriers. There is everything on that aircraft carrier you can possibly need. My brother was on one. 
the crew of a modern aircraft carrier is somewhere around 5,000 people. That's a, that's a pretty good sized city. Okay? But those are things. But God did not intend us to stay congregated, did he? We're to reach out. But notice here's what they said. We are going to build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the sky. That's pretty high ambitions. I looked up uh, some of what they thought those might be. And I can't, I, I, if I say it right, I hope I do. Um, it's either a ziggurat or a zuggerot. I can't remember. It's got a Z with two G's in it. So go look it up. <laughs> but they built these and they started out a lot like a pyramid at the base. Most of these were temples that they built. They built them up so high, and then they put a, a shrine on the top of that. And so you walked up to it. And I wondered, and when I thought about this, I thought, once God confused your language, is, is it possible that the things that we talk about down in South America, because if you look, they look like pyramids, but they have a plateau on top. Did they get that from these people? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to tell you that. But the whole point was they had a plan. They had an idea. They had a goal of where they wanted to be and what they wanted to do. Once again, are goals bad? No, they're not bad. They give us something to look forward to. They give us something to, to shoot for. They give us a reason sometimes to get up in the morning. I got a goal. I have a goal. It's a health goal. When I see my uh, doctor in June, we'll see if I got close. <laughs> I'm working on it. My wife was real tickled with me this morning. She has a breathalyzer thing. Tells you whether you're in ketosis or not. She's blowing this thing. So I'm blowing it till I nearly, it's like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm not real. No, she liked to have it. Oh, 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 you're, boy, she was just, she was going nuts. She took the same done and she got half what I got, which wasn't good. <laughs> now, I wasn't trying to outdo her. I am competitive sometimes, but I wasn't, that's like the first time I ever done that thing. And so she was all wonderfully, you know, happy about that. But the thing about it is they had a go. There's nothing wrong with goals. There's nothing wrong with looking ahead to the future. A lot of times I've heard preachers say this. I think, believe I've heard Brother Rogers say this. Where do you want this church to be 10 years from now? That's a goal. Okay? Where do you and I want to be? You know, they, they, they started this some, a few years ago. What are your goals? Well, one of my goals is, and I told my daughter this, I'm going to live to be 120 years old so I can be a pain in your, in your side. It's like, oh, Dad. And she's always going on, Dad, I know, where, I know what the nursing home. And if you all remember the Golden Girls, there was Shady Pines. And she's always accusing me about that. And I said, uh, I'm going to live to be 120 years old just so I can be a pain in your side. And she says, I think you might do it. But you see, it's, it, that's not really a goal. If the Lord willing, you know, I, I personally, I'm not so sure the way this world's going right now, I want to be here another 50 years, okay? 
I kind of envy my mother, to be actually to be honest with you. It's like she ain't have to worry about this stuff and watch all this nonsense. And she's got it all made right now. But notice what happens. This is what's going to happen. Now, here's their point was this will make us famous. Can I say something tonight, church? We're not, when we're asking God to do for us what we want Him to do, it's not for, so that the world knows where Lone Grove, Oklahoma is or where Lone Grove Assembly of God is. The only notoriety that I want out of what happens in this church is that God be glorified and honored and magnified, that Jesus Christ be preached, that He is the way, the truth, and the life. That that no man comes to the Father but by Him. I want a church that will preach that he was, he was crucified, He was buried in a tomb, but on the third day He rose again victorious over death and hell and has given us the ability as children of God to walk before Him with uprightness of heart, with confidence that we have in to go to Him, God any time, day or night we need to, and that He is the way. Amen. That God is life and God is love. And there's a Holy Spirit that wants to fill you from, to overflowing, that wants to help you. There's a God that wants to heal. There's a God that wants to deliver. There's a God. That's the only notoriety I want God to do for us and through us and in us. That's the only thing that matters. If God chooses to let our name, be, this name of this church, be scattered all over the world, that's His business. But as long and only, and this is my opinion, okay, you don't have to share it, but as long as God is glorified in it. What were they doing? They were trying to glorify themselves. Oh, look at what we have done. My granddaughters and I have a little deal we'll do every once in a while. and You know, I think, I can't remember. Oh, I know what it was. We were at my youngest daughter's wedding and the girls were all I don't remember what their roles were in the in the wedding but they were all dressed up nice and my daughter had me wear I had to wear a tux and you know because all men were wearing tuxedos and whatever you know it's okay they look nice but we got started on this little joke with each other oh we're now high society <laughs> You know, it's a joke between us and my, me and my granddaughters, you know. Oh, we're high society, especially my oldest, which she just thinks that's the funniest thing in the world, you know. But the whole point about it is I am not looking to make a name for myself. They were looking to make a name for that. We want to be famous. Unfortunately, when we know the stress of the story, yeah, they're famous, all right. But that wasn't what they was looking for. They want to be famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down. It's important. Here's, here's the thing that I want you to think about tonight. The Bible says, but the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Then whoever he was with, or, or maybe just it was his expression, look, he says, verse 6, the people are united. Notice that. God said this. 
They did not say it about themselves. God said this about these people. They are united. They had rallied around one idea and one goal and one purpose. Why do we think that there is so much division going on in the world today? Because the devil knows if people can ever get united, they can cause some ripples. Now, this is not the greatest example, but I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say this. There is a beer company that made a decision and I think the decision, you all, if you know the news, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't worry about it. They made a decision. And I think with all my heart, they made it without thinking about the people that use their product. And, and no disrespect to these people, but most of them are rednecks. Do you know that those people, when... This company announced what it was going to do, and I will not go into details here. I won't even tell you what company it is. But this is a fact. When this company announced that, their sales went down in the cellar. They lost millions day after day after day after day. Why? Because this group of people, they're the great majority of their customers said, we don't like that. We're not buying your product anymore. Now, if you go back and look, you go back and look. It has happened recently. Hadn't been that long ago. You go back and look. They made up their mind. We're not having that nonsense. And so because you want to try it, we're going to leave you alone. They made an impact. Now, I did, and it wasn't, what's interesting is they didn't all get together and have a conference and say, oh, we're going to do, no, they just did it. You know what that tells me? If people make up their mind to do it, they're going to be, you're going to have to take account of them. They're going to make it, they're going to make an impact. And trust me, that company that does that, I'm sure, has screaming bloody murder. Their profits have gone down in the cellar. I mean, like a rock in a big pond. Should have thought about what you were doing before you made the decision. But notice what he said. They are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out. Now notice what God says. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Somebody get a picture? What is God saying? If we make up our minds, God, we want what you want. And we're going to get together with this thing and we're going to seek your face and we're going to fast and we're going to pray and we are going to see. Not We're not making, don't, I'm going to go back to this deal I talked about last Sunday night, last Wednesday night, I'm sorry. Fasting does not make God do anything. 
Fasting gets you and I to the place where we can hear God talk. He can even whisper and we'll hear him. Sometimes I think he has to shout just to get our attention. Got a little dog like that. Sometimes he hears me when he wants to, and sometimes he doesn't hear me when he doesn't want to. And that's when I really get my big loud voice on and tell him no, quite loudly and quite strongly. It's like, you better listen, Buster. Church, we need to get to the place where all God has to do is whisper. Amen. Yes, Lord, I'll get right on that. And not be like, I've, I've thought about this. I wasn't planning on going this way. Now, the thought about the two boys that Jesus talks about, of a, of a dad had two boys. He said to both of them, in essence, I need you guys, boys, to go out in the field, go out there and work, get some stuff done. The first one said, yeah, dad, get right on now. Went down and sat and played his video games. I'm sorry, he, you know, they didn't have video games. But he didn't do what he told his dad he was going to do. Second said, no, dad, I'm not going out there today. It's too hot. There ain't enough water to drink. You know, whatever his excuses. Well, I'm not going. But the Bible says, Jesus said later he thought about it, and he went out in the field and worked, even though he told his dad no. Jesus asked the question, which one, do you, which one honored his father? We're asking people to fast and pray. You put a little dot on the calendar if you want to. It just kind of says, okay, God, you're kind of telling God. You're not telling us anything because all you're doing is putting a little dot on a calendar. I don't know who put what dots where. I, my, my, my wife and I, talk, we'd love to see this that all, I mean, every day just totally covered in dots. Why? Because that means we're getting in unity. And that means we're going to see God do what God wants to do. And it also enables us, church, I, there's another thing that it does for us, this fasting and prayer thing. It makes the devil more afraid of us. Because he knows once we get contacted and connected with God. Now, I don't know how many of you know about electricity. I, I, I used to work as an electrician's helper. There are times when I have had stuff and it's like, why isn't it? It's trying to work, but it's not working. What's the matter? You know what sometimes it is? The plug's not all the way in the wall. It's getting a little bit of current, but it's not getting enough. What does fasting and prayer do? do you, let me put this in a way. It gets us fully connected to the power of God. And then we become, we become something. I, like Brother Gary Rogers said, I, I hope that when I get up in the morning, the devil says, oh, goodness gracious, he's up again. I, thought, I, I really I want to be there. I'm not sure I'm where that, that spot yet, but that's where I'd like to be. That's where I'd like to see this church. When, the, when, the, when, this, when this church, this body, and anybody as far as they have people, as far as they're concerned, get a hold of God and get so connected to God that God's moving like, just like lightning. And they wake up in the morning and the devil's, oh my goodness, that church is up again. I want to tell you something. Now I'm just plain and simple. 
And I know the devil don't take aspirin, but there's not enough bare aspirin in the world to satisfy and get his headache to go away when the children of God get together and understand who God says they are and work in what he says they are. There's not enough headache powder on this planet to even touch the headache we can give the devil. There's not. And I, and I know he doesn't take headache powders because he's not human, but he is a spirit. But God is also a spirit, and he created him, so he has to do what God tells him to do. But when we fast and when we pray, we get united in that. In church, we become what God has called us to be. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes some self-denial. Oh, that's a lovely word. But Jesus said, if any man will follow me, he must take up his cross and follow me. That word cross, as I understand it, literally means to deny myself. What is my cross? It's denying myself. It gets my selfishness out of the way. It gets my ego out of the way. It tears my arrogance down. It tears my whatever, my haughtiness. Why? God's not pleased with that. His Word says He's not. But it gets me to the place where God can use me. God can say, I'll use Sister Carol. Sister Carol, I need you to go pray for so-and-so. Sister Carol say, yes, Lord, get right on that. And walk right over and do what she's supposed to do, what God tells her to do. When all of us can reach that point where God tells us what to do, how to do. If we're willing, if we'll get to that place. Notice what God said about the city of the people of Babel. They're united they speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And he says, we're going to confuse their language. That's why I wonder if some of those things didn't come from way hundreds of years ago, whenever. But they stopped building the wall. They stopped building the city. And what happened? The thing that they were planning on, they did become famous for having their city building plan totally disrupted and left to rot. But people scattered because as the languages got confused, somebody heard, you know, Sister Kathy hear me talking language. She understand that. But then whatever Kate was saying, just like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. And what would they do? They would naturally congregate. When you understand each other, we congregate. There's another sermon just popped through my head. We won't go that way. There's a lot of people that try to talk this Christian language without knowing who Jesus is in their hearts and lives. In church, you can tell the difference. You watch them. You can tell the difference. What happened? He scattered them. He said, you're done. Why? Because they were united. The upper room of Acts, chapter 1 and 2. The Bible says that they were all with one mind and one accord.
they were all praying for the same thing. One bunch over here wasn't praying, you know, that they get a brand new church and, you know, this. Another bunch over here wasn't praying. Oh, I, you know, I need to, I want to be able to go here and do this. They were praying, as Jesus said, for the promise of the Father. They were praying for what he told them to pray for. They were all praying for it together. They were all praying for it collectively. They had their heart and their mind set on that goal. Church, they didn't have a clue what was going to happen. Jesus did not tell them what was going to take place on the day of Pentecost. He didn't explain anything to them. All he told them was, tarry you at Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Okay, Lord, then what? None of your business. Just do what I told you to do. And when it happened, they were in such unity and they were in such accord, they knew exactly what was going on. Nobody had to tell them. Oh, Peter had to tell the crowd outside because they're drunk. Peter said, no, they're not. And then he began to preach to them. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Peter begins to remember a lot of stuff, and he starts preaching a sermon, and what happens? 3,000 people came to know the Lord that day. God does not have to tell us how he's going to do it. All he says is get in unity, focus, do what you can do. Do what you need to do. I will take care of the details. I tell you, it's not a humorous, humorous, humorous story, but it's kind of, kind of cute. One I remember about my mother-in-law who's passed. Not my wife's, my first wife's mother, but that's a whole different story. She was dying of cancer, and I went by. I knew she was pretty sick, and I thought I, I need to. I didn't want to. I'll be honest with you. I really didn't want to. I didn't want to see her in that condition, but I thought I need to stop by and see her. She's, this is the lady that called me, and she'd say, Alan, I got a question. And I'm going, oh, Lord, I'm going to need some help now. Because she'd come up some doozy. Trust me, she could. But she called me one night. i tell her what I thought. But I went to see her. I went to pray with her, and she asked me a question. She says, what's it like to die? I said, Mary, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us anything. I said, all he told us was to have our ticket bought and be ready to go, and he would take care of all the other details. That's all I know to tell you. I don't know what those details are. I don't need to know. All I need to know is I'm ready when he says go. Okay, God help us take time to seek his face. Would you bow your heads for, with me for a moment? I want to give those that may be listening tonight, watching this this evening or sometime in the future, the, built the, um, the opportunity to make Jesus saving Lord of their life. To everyone praying that will, I ask if you're here, if you're listening to this, either tonight when we do this or sometime in the future, God knows who you are. God knows where you're at. And God has a question for you. It's the same one he asked Adam in the garden. Adam, where are you? 
He wants to be Savior and Lord of your life. Jesus wants to be Savior and Lord of your life. God wants to be your God and your Father. He wants to guide you and direct you. He wants to bless you. Yes, there are rules that have to be followed. But the thing about His rules are they are life-giving rules. They may not give you all the stuff you want, but God's not interested in stuff. He's interested in your soul. He's interested in a relationship with you and him. He sent Jesus on this earth, born as a baby, lived his life, preached for about three years, we think, three and a half years, something like that. Was crucified on a cross of Cal on a cross of Calvary. He was placed in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and he lives and sits at the right hand of God right now, making intercession for his people. You think, well, I got time? No, you don't. You're not promised the next five minutes. God does not make that promise for anybody. But Jesus died so that you could have a relationship with the Father through Him and through the Holy Spirit. All you've got to do is say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life. All of my past, all of my deeds that are not great and, and probably not in, in line with what you say, Lord, I give them to you. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Start helping me to live like you want me to live. And just invite him in. It's simple. And then find you a church that teaches the word of God. Get in it. Grow in it. Let yourself be discipled. Let yourself be instructed in the word of God. And you can grow and develop and to be the person that God wants you to be. It's very simple. I'll pray for you tonight. Lord, those that may have heard this, I pray, Father God, right now, that as they ask you, Lord Jesus, into their life, your word says, no man comes to the Father but by you. I pray for those, Lord, that will hear this and will respond to it and say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. I'll, I want to live for him. I, I want to be the, the kind of person that God wants me to be. And I can do that because of what Jesus has already done for me. He died for me. He gave his life for me. And Lord, I want to accept that. Jesus, I want you to come in my life, live through me, and help me to live for you every day of my life. I pray, Father God, Lord, that they pray that, that you will just help them to know that they know that they know that you have forgiven them. And Lord, that they are now free to walk in the newness of life that you give. That they are a Oh, new creature in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. And we will grow and we will develop into that little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. We'll grow and we grow and we grow. I thank you, Lord, for those that do that and have done that, Father. Pray, Father God, that you guide and direct, Lord, and may your will be done in their hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's take some time, if you will. Let's spend some time in prayer before we leave. I just felt like 
this little deal, hopefully they encourage us. Let's spend some time in prayer and ask God to guide and direct us and just to continue to see him work in our church for us and help us to be able to do for him what he wants us to do. Those that will come.